Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 248 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and today we're going to talk about a case review. It is going to be about a herniated disc versus a hamstring strain. We're going to talk about the subjective history and what leads up to this severe moment of pain. We'll go over some of the diagnostic imaging, talk about some of the clinical findings, the treatment, the results, and we'll even throw in a few pearls at the end and so much more. But if you don't mind waiting for a moment, we're just going to hear a word from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by MedBridge. Harnessing the power of technology to help you advance your career and improve patient outcomes, MedBridge delivers over 2,000 evidence-based CE courses and more than 7,000 specialized patient exercises available whenever you need them from wherever you are. MedBridge goes beyond CEUs. They're leading the space. From interactive webinars led by top industry leaders to the first ever HEP patient mobile app, MedBridge has taken learning to the next level for over 200,000 PTs, OTs, ATs, SLPs, and nurses, and those they serve. For a limited time, use promo code OEP to receive $175 off your annual subscription. At MedCorp Professionals, we offer mobility aids, bracing and supports, compression garments, post-mastectomy care, and much more. Your health and well-being are important to us. Your recovery is our priority. Our certified team will guide you to the right products based on your medical needs, recent procedures, or mobility restrictions. Visit us on Route 1 in Scarborough or at MedCorpPro.com. We are Mark and Kelly Hassett, owners of MedCore. And we keep you moving forward. Hello, everyone. So I've recently received a lot of requests from people uh, asking to do podcasts related to unusual presentations and how to, quote unquote, tease out the diagnosis. So it just so happens that in the last two weeks, I've had such a case. Um, So I want you to listen very carefully as I go through the subjective questioning and explain what special tests were performed. And then what we're going to do is we're going to marry these two things together and we're going to talk about our assessment how we determine what the patient has and where we go from there. So let's get started. So listen carefully. I know this is not like having that patient right in front of you, but if you just take the time to focus in on a few things I'm going to be talking about, and this is really kind of condensed. You're going to, I'm not really condensing it on purpose. This patient had so much pain. I could only do so much and ask so many questions and do so many tests. Um, But let me just give you a little history of uh, what's going on here. So we have this 55-year-old female. She runs a daycare. She's very busy all the time and reports severe left buttock pain. Pain from the glute, basically the ischial tuberosity region down to the hamstrings. Uh, Everything is pretty much posterior. She cannot bear weight on her left glute when she is sitting. She cannot walk. She needs to use a, a walker because of her pain. She has no bowel or bladder dysfunction. She has no pain with coughing, laughing, or sneezing. She can't really tell if she has any paresthesias because her pain is so severe. She cannot sleep at night um, and uh, just pain 24-7. So she goes to the emergency department. She has x-rays taken. Those x-rays are inconclusive. So she's then referred to orthopedics. Orthopedics takes a look at at her and they... um, 
you know, evaluate her, do a very comprehensive evaluation on her, and they prescribe steroids. Uh, and uh, that seems to settle down her discomfort a little bit. And because her pain was so severe, they ordered an MRI of the hamstring gluteal region because her pain was so isolated to that area. So let's go from here to the mechanism of injury. So I have not really seen this patient yet at this point. Um, she is just kind of telling me this. Uh, she has a, a mechanism of injury. You know, she's thinking that maybe she uh, was lifting uh, the kids a lot from the floor in her daycare. Uh, she also, you know, reaches into the crib and into the pack and play. And, you know, with a basically a forward bent position, knees extended, bent at the waist, lifting. Um, that uh, one particular, you know, one or two days, she was also bent over uh, weeding her garden for two and a half to three hours. Again, legs straight, bent over at the waist. Um, and then at the end of that day, she also stepped up onto the back of a pickup truck. So a really, really high step and pulled herself up with that left leg bearing all the weight. Um, and, um, you know, that all kind of came together. She had no pain or snapping or, or popping at that time when those activities happened. Uh, next morning, she started to develop this leg pain, a severe, ridiculous, tight leg pain. Uh, she couldn't sleep that night. She couldn't do stairs. I mean, intractable discomfort. Now, I asked her prior to that if she's ever had any history of back pain. She said that before um, the episode, she had about two to three weeks of back pain. Uh, but that uh, is completely gone now. So let's go back to this MRI that was ordered of the hamstring area. And so the results come back and I take a look at this and the, the results say that she has a small hamstring tear, uh, partial tear and a questionable avulsion of the hamstring at the ischial tuberosity. So uh, she goes back to orthopedics and they basically tell her that, uh, you know, rest this, give it some time. Uh, you're not really gonna do anything to, to cause any more discomfort. Do what you can. Uh, listen to your body and just let it rest and it should settle down. It obviously was not displaced or anything like that that would require surgery. And two to three days go by and um, she was on a steroid and uh, this has now worn off. And um, I bring her in for an evaluation because her pain is so severe. Um, she lives on my road. I did a, uh, the first time I saw her was a house call and it was really hard to assess her. Uh, she was in a severe amount of pain. I didn't have a plinth to put her on. Couldn't get her up to her room because she couldn't do stairs. Uh, basically she was sleeping in a recliner. Um, I didn't have my reflex hammer with me. So there were a lot of things I was not able to do, but just, you know, ask her questions, um, and go with the information that we had, which was a torn hamstring and possible avulsion at that time. So following that, I said, okay, enough is enough. Let's bring her into the clinic. Let's take a real good look at her. So she comes into the clinic and, um, you know, it was a, a very difficult uh, evaluation. I did my very best. Her husband had to really guide her and help her while she was using her walker. She was having a tremendous amount of pain. So um, she couldn't sit straight when she first sat on the plinth. She couldn't bear any weight through her left gluteal. And transfers like from sitting to supine and to rolling over uh, required the help of two of us uh, to have her do that and to get her off the table took about two of us and to get to standing was about a 10 to 15 minute uh, process to get her comfortable enough to bear weight uh, and and be in her walker and get over the severity of the acute pain um, but while i did have her on the table 
I checked our reflexes. L4 was equal bilaterally. Now, I, I couldn't do S1 because she had this, you know, her foot was in spasm. She was plantar flexed. Her toes were kind of curled up a little bit, just in intractable pain. Um, I went to test her sensation. She had globalized loss of sensation. It did not follow a particular dermatome. Everything was way too vague to be helpful there. So then I proceeded to some manual muscle testing. And here, again, very limited. Everything I did was just causing a lot of pain all over, especially down that leg. Um, but I was able to finally get her settled down so that she was sitting pretty squarely on the table. And I tested her hamstrings to find that she had no weakness and she had no increase in pain whatsoever when I resisted her hamstrings. So I'm kind of thinking in the background, well, if it was a hamstring tear and an avulsion, that really should have caused some discomfort. So then I proceeded to try to do some special tests. And the only thing I could get out of her were a straight leg raise test while sitting and supine and a braggarts test was it. Um, I did internally rotate her leg and externally rotate her hip a little bit to find that that did not increase her discomfort. So it didn't seem like this was coming from an intraarticular hip issue. So I had her in the sitting position. I did a straight leg raise in that position, and that was very painful. Interestingly enough, though, when I did the right side, it caused more pain on the left side where she was having the radiculopathy. So that really um, threw up a red flag for me, um, being you know a questionable positive crossed straight leg raise or sitting straight leg raise test or a Wells straight leg raise test. Um, and so we then were able to get her into the supine position, was, which was quite a task. I did a straight leg raise test on the left side, uh, or in other words, uh, called the Leseg sign on the left side. That was 0 to 35 degrees and positive. It gave her pain you know, going down the hamstring area. When I did the other side, it did cause um, some discomfort into the left leg, but I got her up to about 60 degrees before that occurred. Um, and so I knew it wasn't just all hamstring tightness. Uh, then I did a braggarts test, so I dropped her to about 30 degrees. I dorsiflexed the foot. That increased her um, buttock pain and her uh, proximal hamstring pain. So then we were kind of like thinking more in the direction of a um, you know, herniated disc or nerve root compression. Palpated the ischial tuberosity. That did not increase her discomfort. Okay. So what do we have here? I know that some of you like, you know, PT students or some of you physical therapists who are fresh out of school are thinking, I would have tested a ton more than that. But I am telling you, not all these scenarios are cut and dry. They're not all black and white. Um, when you have a patient who comes in, you're writhing in pain um, and having difficulty getting into a comfortable position, you're very limited with what you have. So what you do is you take the information that you have and you really need to start piecing this together. Okay, so the next reasonable thing to do was get an MRI of her low back. Uh, the orthopedic office had already ordered that and um, come to find out she had a huge L5-S1 herniated disc on the left side with significant severe um, foraminal narrowing on the left side with S1 nerve root compression. So we have an MRI that shows a hamstring tear and an avulsion. We have an MRI that shows a herniated disc. So the patient goes in for a disectomy and foraminotomy of her lumbar spine. She wakes up pain-free, no more leg pain. 
Um, and that was like as soon as she woke up the next day, feeling better also, and then just progressively doing better from there. So what I want to do now is I want to kind of look back at this, talk about our history, talk about our objective assessment, our objective evaluation, and piece this together. And really, all those of you who have a hard time you know, doing soak notes or gathering your information and making some sort of an assessment, some sort of a prognosis, some sort of a diagnosis, this is where you need to really look at your subjective history and your objective history and piece them together and say, okay, what makes sense here? So if we look back at this, let's talk about the hamstring tear and avulsion, um, which really throws us off here, okay? And I think this is just an incidental finding. This happened to me last year with somebody else who had an avulsion of the, uh, the hamstring. Um, and it was a very unusual presentation, but I think that here we have an incidental finding. Okay. Um, she's not painful in that area. She did not have a pop with any of the mechanisms that kind of led towards some sort of a strain of the hamstring. The, um, other thing is that she had some isolated palpable, um, you know, she should have had some pain isolated to the ischial tubercle and, uh, she really did not. She also had a positive well straight leg raise test or cross straight leg raise test, which was very helpful. Um, she also had pain, uh, no pain with resistance of the hamstrings, which was helpful. And she also had a positive braggarts test, which all leads in the direction of uh, nerve root compression. But here is one of the pearls I want to throw out at you today that I think most of you probably missed. Um, but way back at the beginning... I had asked her the question, have you had any back pain? And she said, yes, I've had back pain for about two to three weeks. But just before my leg started to bother me, um, my back pain went away. And I don't have any back pain now. Okay. So way back when, about 30 years ago, I had come across a very interesting study where they had taken human beings and they had taken a, a, a large gauge needle, put it into the vertebral disc into the annular rings around the disc in human beings and they basically shocked it and when they did people complained of a considerable amount of pain and spasm in the low back and then those uh, needles were taken out and then placed near the nerve root and then shocked again those people did not have localized back pain but they did have radicular pain down the leg and through that study we found that what happens is when your disc is starting to fail and it's starting to tear, those tears in those annular rings can cause a lot of localized pain and spasm. And then once they completely tear, there is nothing pulling on those rings anymore and therefore you don't get that localized low back pain, but you do now have this herniated nucleus pulposus that is pushing on the nerve root and that nerve root is causing you ridiculous pain. So I've seen this time and time again where people come in and say, it was really weird. I had pain for like three weeks and then I developed this leg pain and my back pain completely went away. I have seen this. I want you to park this in the back of your brain for the next time you see somebody who has back pain and or radicular type symptoms down the leg and ask the question, okay? This is a common finding that we miss all the time. Um, and I think that uh, you need to remember that. It's going to help make your diagnoses of these patients a lot better and a lot more accurate. So I hope you all found today's podcast you know, interesting and educational. Please tell your friends and your colleagues about OrthoEvalPal. Um, check us out on OrthoEvalPal.com. And don't forget, be good to each other and take care. 
We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there. Thank you.